We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hey, welcome to the Strong by Design podcast show. This is your host today, Coach Chris Wilson. We take turns here at Critical Bench. We like to pass the baton around a little bit. Today, I'm sitting with a very good friend of ours here at Critical Bench by the name of Lee Hayward, who is a bodybuilder and has been online for 20 years and goes way back with Mr. Mike Westerdahl. Their roots are deep and they've intersected uh, many times over the years and been in mastermind groups and, uh, and are very familiar with each other. So welcome, Lee, to the Strong by Design show. Thanks, Chris. It's an honor to be here. I've, I've brings back a lot of memories how you're talking about this. Myself and Mike, we have went way back, and I think we should just cover that briefly here for I our listeners. So. Yeah. I think so. Th- people love stories. Oh, absolutely. And you have a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, some of them you've shared today. Lee's been a visitor here at the Critical Bench Compound for the bulk of the day mm-hmm. and got a good workout in, went to a nice lunch, all kinds of fun stuff today. And and knowing that he would he would be here, we said, well, we have to sit down and do a podcast, of course, with with the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Lee Hayward. And but I, yeah, let's go into like when you think of Critical Bench, when you think of Mike, what comes to mind? Like funny story wise, something that maybe you haven't shared even today yet. What what what, what comes to mind? Well, I tell you, back in the late 90s, see, I started my very first website in 1997. I mean, that was the dot-com boom. That was it. I mean, before then, I think the internet became legal as we know it, legal to do business in 96. So we're talking like way, way back. It's crazy. 97, I started my first website and what I launched was a bench press program and I called it Blast Your Bench. So this was my program and it was the claim to fame was how to add 50 pounds to your bench press. In fact, I shared my personal story because when I followed that program for the first time, I actually added 51 pounds to my bench press because the weights I was using, half of them were in pounds, half of them were in kilos. When you worked out the numbers, it worked out to 51 pounds. So that was my claim to fame, how to add 51 pounds to your bench press. And sure enough, I put that website online. I was selling that program. And then I see this other bench press program. It's the Critical Bench, how to add 50 pounds to your bench press. So myself and Mike, we were kind of like rivals and watching each other from the sidelines, right? And after a couple This is the infancy now of of the internet. The OGs. Yeah. There was no bodybuilding.com. There was no YouTube. There was no social media. This, nothing. And you guys are competing. (laughs) Yes. For the same market. Mm -hmm. And and so there's just uh, this like vitriol, (laughs) right? Like you did not like this person probably very much at the the start. No, at the start, we were rivals. And and the way it worked, I remember my very first contact with Mike, I I sent him an email because back in those days, one of the common ways to get traffic was we would do link trades. Every website had a resource page with links. So I have all the other fitness websites there. So I reluctantly contacted Mike Westerdahl and I said, hey, you've got a fitness website. You got Critical Bench. I've got a fitness website. Let's trade links. And Mike replied back just like a one-liner. Nope, you're my competition. 
not trading links with you. And that was it. <laughs> so that was the end of our conversation. I never spoke to the guy. <laughs> the start of a beautiful friendship, right? I no, mean, I'm not trading nope. links. You're my competition. Oh my gosh. And man. that was it. What a different world we are in today. Oh my God, yeah. So that went on for years. The first time I met Mike in person was in 2010 at a fitness mastermind event. And we hit it off right from the get-go because we had all these battle stories from the early days of the internet. Mike started back in the late 90s as well. So, I mean, we could relate to all these stories. But we were watching each other secretly. Like I was following his website on his email list, see what he was doing. And he was doing the same with me, but we would not communicate back and forth in person. So that it was hilarious. fun. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But everything's out there. Like what oh you're doing, God. you yeah. can't be secretive no. when you're in the online world mm -hmm. and you have global reach and yes. you're trying to promote this or do that. And yeah. you have a newsletter and you're doing, if you're doing it, your competition knows exactly kind of like what's going sure. on and mm -hmm. they can mimic what you're doing or they can go a different direction. Discover the seven worst testosterone killers and find out why you are literally half the man your father was. Go to strongbydesigntkillers.com, enter your email, and download this special report for free. Let's get back to the show. Fast forward 10 years, you guys are in a mastermind group with each other. You get to know each other. You're like, wow, oh, we we're, hit it we're off. best buds. Yeah, we hit it off yeah, perfectly. And, yeah. and then since then, 10 more years goes by, and now it's been helping each other and 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 supporting each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things you find with the whole online world. It's changed from competition to collaboration. Mm -hmm. That's basically the key thing. That's right. It's, it's collaboration. That's now. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's it's small thinking versus big thinking, right? It's like, well, there's there's only so much to go around, and that's my competition. I'm not going to help them. And then it becomes the world has six billion people in it, and the fitness and health industry is like one of the largest in the world. And there's the more the merrier. Absolutely. So it's like help each other. Yeah. And, and and you'll never you you're just never gonna reach everybody. You know you you, you try you try mm -hmm. like like heck to reach everybody. Absolutely, and, yeah. and find new ways to reach people, right? Because gosh, you, every year it's like you have to reinvent yourself in this in this online world. You yeah, know, when for you're not sure. when you're not brick and mortar. You know, so there's even kind of, brick and mortar got even, to reinvent. You have to reinvent yeah. and market themselves. Yeah. But it happens faster online. It definitely yeah. does. It definitely does. Months go by and you have to like change the game. Yeah. It's crazy. So where, so we kind of know a little bit of the backstory, well, you know, and then, and then you became a, a big YouTuber. Mm -hmm. uh, you really got heavy into YouTube, like right when YouTube started, right? In like 05, 06. Uh, I'll share that. Little, yeah. How that worked out. See, my whole fitness journey online and in real life is is just what I'm doing at the moment. I'm just sharing that online. Yeah. So back in the day, powerlifting and bench press, I mean, that's what I was training for. Then as I got into competitive bodybuilding, I put up some bodybuilding programs, you know, how to get ready for a bodybuilding competition because that's what I was doing. And then as I've transitioned, my business is a personality-based business. So yes. everything that I'm doing is just kind of mirroring my own struggles, my own challenges, because there's a lot of guys out there who are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So back in the day, it was powerlifting. That was one of my big things I wanted to do, which correlated to bodybuilding. You know, the way I looked at it is off-season bodybuilding is great for in-season powerlifting. 
and vice versa. So I, I was doing both of those complimentary for several years. Yeah. And uh, so that was around the time when I became friends with Mike back in our, our heyday. And things went really well because there wasn't as much competition online as there is today, you know, in the fitness industry. So when we we had a big market share, for example, I can remember back in the day, like if you typed in anything related to workouts, we would be first page of the search engines. And it wasn't just Google back then. It was a bunch of different search engines, but we would be first page because there wasn't a lot of competition. Now, my God, every oh, every yeah. person who's got abs and a smartphone <laughs> is a fitness influencer these it's days. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. We were just talking about that we the were. other day. So it, the competition is just fierce. It's ridiculous. And there's so many platforms mm -hmm. for people to become yeah. big on. I mean, oh what, what, you know, a YouTuber yeah. might have no interest in, in anything Facebook or Instagram mm -hmm. or Twitter or any of this other yeah. stuff. They focus all That's their right. effort and they're huge in that pla on that platform, yeah. but have no presence on the others. And then you got people, you know, like, like yourself and, and like us, where we have kind of trying to grow our, mm -hmm. ourselves in multiple areas because- yeah. You know, the, the capacity to to reach more people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole whole idea. Is, I mean, you you got something to market, to sell, to 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 be an authority on, and and you want to you want to maximize your ability to reach the, these these people and all because the website isn't enough anymore. No, back it, then it was. It the used back, to be. The back then the website was was everything. It right? was everything. I mean, that's where yep. people went. That's where they found you. That's mm -hmm. where they read all your blog articles and and, yep. and 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 where they you know if they were searching in, in a search engine, that's where they they landed on one of your many web pages. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's changed so much. And again, you mentioned YouTube, how, how that yes, started for yes, me. Yeah, how did that actually begin for you? I didn't even know what YouTube was. Like back in the day, all I thought YouTube was was a place to host a video. That was it. There was no social media. There was no business side of it. It was just this is a place where you can upload a video. Because before then, I was literally uploading videos to my website, but the bandwidth and everything else, it was just nightmare. It, it was yeah. a nightmare. I mean, to, to post like a minute long video would take you know, 10 plus minutes to download or whatever. I mean, yes. like, it was just horrible. So this YouTube thing came along and said, okay, I can put videos there. And how I started making videos was all it was, I was competing in powerlifting. I remember taking my high eight millimeter camcorder to the gym on a tripod, <laughs> setting it up next to the power rack. And I would do my bench presses and squats and deadlifts. And I wanted to see, would this lift pass in competition? That's all I cared about. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's how I started. So I'd say, was this squat deep enough? Did I go past parallel? Did I pause the bar on the chest long enough for a bench press to pass in competition? That was it. And then, of course, if I hit a PR, right, I want to brag and show that off. So I put it on YouTube and then I could share it with my friends and say, hey, I benched 400 pounds. Here's proof. That, that was it. Like I was just a workout videos posted on YouTube so I could share those links and brag about my lifts. <laughs> that's hilarious. But that's exactly that's what, what YouTube, that's what why it, it started. It yeah. was just a place for people to, to post a video. like just put up a video of yep. themselves doing something mm -hmm. for the world to see. Yeah. There, there was no community behind it, yeah. no, no comments or anything like that. So I started doing that and that I mean, some of those videos got traction because just the fact that it was a workout, you know, showing a lift or whatever. But then uh, I wanted to make my own fitness DVD because I wanted, I was writing articles or I was writing workout programs, but I wanted to kind of bring that to life. Yeah. So I actually met up with a videographer in my local town. He said, I'll take care of the video. You take care of the workout side of things and we'll work together and we'll make this 
fitness DVD. So we did that. We shot all the exercises, put it together, and then I had to put a voice behind it. So we were going to voice it over. And I can remember I was sitting in his recording studio there and he handed me a microphone. He said, all right, I'm going to play the video. I'll hand you the microphone. You voice over this and we're going to make a video. And he handed me the microphone. And as soon as it started to play, I was like, I'm doing a lift. I'm, I said, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I said, like, what the hell do I say? This is so awkward. And he said, okay, let's try it again. And we were about a half hour and never got a single voiceover. And he said, this, this isn't going well. He says, we'll have to figure something else out. So what I did is I went home and I typed out everything that I wanted to say word for word. And I just basically read a script for every single exercise. And I was like, this is painful. This is painfully slow. I can't keep doing this. And that drew me to learning how to improve my speaking voice. Wow. How interesting. So I joined Toastmasters. Are you yes. familiar with Toastmasters? Very, Chris? very familiar okay. with it. I've not, not taken part in it, but I'm okay. very familiar with the 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 transformation that you mm. can experience uh, going through something like that. So so that's the big thing. I got in Toastmasters because I wanted to make YouTube videos. And that was in 2008. And that's when my channel started to explode. Wow. So How before great. then, again, it was just workout videos or yeah. no talking. Or if there was talking, it was very scripted and mechanical and, and painful. Like like right now, we're not, we don't have a script. We don't have anything in front of us. This is just off the cuff. I couldn't do that back then. So that's why I joined Toastmasters to learn to speak off the cuff, and it really helped my channel. So oh, that's, man. that's how it, it just grows. gives you that confidence. Yeah. It takes away mm -hmm. the ums. It takes away the the, the stutters and the stammering the and the brain all that. farts and not yes. knowing what to say, which is awful. And mm -hmm. and you know, and I think back, Mike. So you know, we, we go way back as friends in high school and stuff. And okay. he's always known me as a talker. I mean, I've always been a talker. So I've, had, I've never had any trouble talking. It's just what am I saying? Because half of what I say is a bunch of <laughs> baloney, you know. So I, I, I think a Toastmasters uh, a six month session probably right. would treat me just right. But I've gotten better over the years. But if I go back and watch some of my older YouTube stuff, mm -hmm. how mechanical, like you said, how uncomfortable, how not authentic it was. And mm -hmm. then after you, yeah. you know, after you, like with anything in life, the more you do it. The, the better, better you get, get yeah. and you just get to that point where you're who you actually are on camera, right. not some version of yourself yeah. that that you want people to see. You know, so that mm -hmm. that's and it makes it so much more fun when you can just be yourself and be authentic and be real sure. and, and talk to the camera and stuff. Yeah. And and now look at you now. I mean, you're like uh, you got this amazing like voiceover like uh, <laughs> voice. You know, you could you could you could like do uh, movies or something. You know. Yeah, it's it's come a long way, I must say. And, and of course, like you said, the more you do it, the better you get. So even yeah. if you're not doing Toastmasters, just doing more videos, doing more podcasts, doing more yeah. getting yourself out there yeah. is going to improve it. But again, having some structured like a Toastmasters or some sort of speaking program can definitely help for sure. And so for years and years, you were, you kind of transitioned from the powerlifting into more of the bodybuilding and mm -hmm. the aesthetics, right? And that's yeah. kind of where you were, were at for a number of years, right? And, and, and the nutrition and, and all, all that kind of surrounds that, that, that world of, of bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. And then oh, in recent years, you've kind of transitioned out of that to a certain degree and gone a little bit more, like you said, you give everybody kind of where you're at in life. Right. Like that's the content you're providing. So mm -hmm. now it's more of the guy over 40 type lifestyle. Yep. 
just turned the big 4-0 back in October. So that that's a milestone. I yeah. mean, you're, you're over 40, so I bet you could relate to that one. Oh, it's yeah. Like going through – every time you, you hit an age with a zero at the end of it, that that's a that's a pivoting point in your life. Yes. Right? From If you're a teenager, once you hit 20, okay, now I'm a grown-up. And then right, you, you, you go <laughs> right. from, from in your 20s right. to 30s, oh, now I should be mature. And now you get into the 40s, like – I'm getting over the hill. <laughs> yes. I mean, I got gray hairs. I got a kid. I, you, know, you know, I got, I'm like 10, yeah. 15 years from like mm-hmm. considering like retirement. And like, what's going on here? Like within say five years ago, if I had a gray hair, I'd get the tweezers and I'd pluck oh, it yeah. out. Now I'm just like, there's too many to pluck out. There's at this too thing. many. But it looks good. And, and you still it's have. Distinguished. It's distinguished. It is very distinguished. And it's, yeah. and you still have it. So that's there you go. Yeah, that's a good sign. That's why I don't want to pluck them out because I don't know if I'll have any left if I pluck out the grays. (laughs) Right? Is it going to come? Is is another one going to come back? Gray hair is better than a bald head. Put it that way. Yeah, (laughs) I have not. I have yet. I'm. I just turned forty three. Yeah, and I do. I don't have gray yet, which is. Mm. I mean, and maybe if there's one or two, they're hiding pretty good. But I, I, I look. You know, regularly, and I have I've yet to find one Good for you. But it's gonna happen. Well, I mean, one day I'm gonna wake up, and it's gonna be there, It'll right? Be there. It's at some point. But who so, cares? But who cares? That's right. I mean, it's 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 part of growing up. It is. So right? so this uh, this new focus for you in, in in what you do in the online world is more driven for the men over forty. How to train, how to eat, how to rest, how mm-hmm. to how to manage, you know, maybe your hormones, like all these different things that play mm-hmm. into the, the, a very different approach and being safer with the way you do things, mm-hmm. warming up, and and so go go in and dive into that sure. a little bit, like what what you're really passionate about right now. Yeah, well, as a lot of guys in this fitness industry, I've suffered my share of injuries, and my first major injury happened in 2008 it was it was a january 2008 because that was around the peak of my bodybuilding at that stage i won the light heavyweight division and overall title at a competition up in canada so that was the pinnacle of of my bodybuilding career at that stage. i won that overall title which is something i was striving for for years i mean i'm not one of these guys who off the start, you know, had success in bodybuilding. Yeah. It took me 12 years of competition to win a title. So the, this was at this stage, right? I won the title and I was feeling good. I was in my best shape. And then I was doing a squat workout. And this was after the competition rebound. So I was, I was had a lot of weight on. If you're familiar with bodybuilding competition, like when you diet down and then after the show, you'd put on a lot of weight. Now, some of it is good quality muscular weight. Some of it's just extra fluid and water retention. And of course, obviously some is body fat as well, but I was feeling strong. So this was, you know, a few months after the show, I had my weight back on and I was feeling strong. So I was doing a heavy squat workout and I was doing five by five. And I kid you not, fifth set, fifth rip, I was coming up out of the bottom of the squat. And then all of a sudden I just feel this rip. And oh I was gosh. like, what just happened? Like what happened for those of you listening to this, my right arm, like obviously you're, you've got your barbell across your back and you're yeah. tucked in. My right arm, the elbow just flared out to the back and I felt this weird sensation in my armpit. And I, this was crazy. So anyway, I managed to rack the weight on my own and I said, that felt weird. And I started going around the gym and asking people what I had done because I didn't know. And then one guy, he had torn his pec just a few months earlier. And I said, what did it feel like when you tore your pec? And he explained it to me. And I said, I think I just tore something. 
And he, I explained it was in my armpit and he put his hand there in my armpit and he said, man, you got a gap there. So I literally, the muscles that tie in from the triceps and the yeah. lat area, yeah. there's a tear. And right now there's still a gap there today. So I tore this tie in. It wasn't actually the lat, but when I'm explaining it to people, I just say I tore my lat. But it's actually, if you look at an anatomy chart, it's one of these tie in muscles from the tricep to the lat torn. Very interesting. And that caused so much problem with my training. I couldn't do presses. I couldn't do rows. I couldn't do pull downs. And that, so right from my best shape ever to having this injury, and that set me back over a year in my training. It took me a full year to get back to doing a pull-up again. Did you need surgery to repair anything there? Or was it just, it wasn't a complete... It was a tear, but it it was, again, I went to my family doctor and they said, well, I can put you on a waiting list to see a specialist. And he said, that's going to take six months. And I'm like, oh my my." gosh. Like... So bottom line, I didn't get any specialist training yeah, or, or yeah. specialist rehab or anything like that. I mean, maybe I should have. I don't know. So you but just it worked just, around it, it for It recovered like on a its year. own. But it took a full year before that thing to the point where I could actually do a pull-up again. Oh, my gosh. So my whole training was just down the toilet after that injury. And this so. was from the peak, you know, right on top, winning an overall title, yeah. feeling strong, thought I was on top of the world to like now I can't even do anything. And I'd go into the gym and I'd – how I recovered is I would do the machine exercises. Like the gym I trained at, we had a full line of hammer strength. Mm-hmm. And I'd start with the empty handles. So I would do bench presses with the empty handles, rows with the empty handles, presses, like just a whole circuit routine. And then the next week I'd go in and i put a two and a half pound plate on each side, do the same thing. The week after that, i put another two and a half pounds. So over the course of a year, I built myself up by just baby step in the weights like that because that's all I could do without aggravating the injury and causing pain. Right. If I tried to put any strain, like even grabbing a bag of groceries, I mean, just bump the pain. Discover the seven worst testosterone killers and find out why you are literally half the man your father was. Go to strongbydesigntkillers.com, enter your email, and download this special report for free. Let's get back to the show. It's so frustrating because it's such a process. It's so mm-hmm. it's not a matter of weeks. And we're talking no, months no. to a year months. to even get back to to not even where you were at at that probably no, leading no, up to right. that, right? I mean, you were kind of at, at the pinnacle, like you said. You yes. were you yeah. were at that time you would have been what, like your late twenties? Twenty-eight, I was. Yeah. And yeah. just feeling mm-hmm. amazing, right? I mean, yeah. that's kind of actually for men, that's kind of like your your prime. Well, you're in your prime, yeah. You're in your prime mm-hmm. in your late twenties. Yep. So your yep. hormones are in your favor. You, you know, your metabolism is still working for the it, most part. Yeah, you it's, know, it's you, that sweet spot it's because, that sweet spot. you know, if you've got a really fast metabolism as a teenager, you can't gain weight. And then as you get into your mid-20s, it starts to slow down a bit so that you're gaining quality weight. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, yeah, I was right in that sweet spot. You get that spot. more mature, more mature uh, yeah. physique, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Because yep. you can see a kid who's 20 and he might have a great physique, mm-hmm. but he doesn't look filled out. No, And then you right. see a guy who's closer to 30 and you're like, Big hey, there it is. Big, Big difference. difference. And yeah. even guys have really stretched mm-hmm. stretched it out lately where even in deep into their 30s they look fantastic yeah i mean doing these physique mm-hmm. shows i mean i and i even see guys sometimes in their 40s i know a guy a pro bodybuilder by the name of darum charles yeah who's i, I think Darum. from know trinidad of know yes. of him mm-hmm. big big time in the early 2000s is when when i knew him mm-hmm. 
And I know he was still competing up until just not that long ago in yep. into his middle, late 40s doing like the the classic physique, I think, right. or something. The new category. Yeah, yeah. the yep. new category. And he looks tremendous. Mm -hmm. Almost looks like the same, in my opinion, yeah. to like what he did. Maybe not as full or as big as he was. But it's amazing if you take care of yourself mm -hmm. and, and really stick with things. So. Obviously, I, I always get off on That's these tangents. Fine. I can't help myself, <laughs> but because it, it's so much fun. So, yeah. so let's fast forward. So you get right. past you get past that injury, right? And you've you've kind of gotten back to where you know where you right. want to be, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and now we're are we getting away from some of the heavy, heavy, heavy work and yes. doing more of a focus on volume and stuff for more bodybuilding based stuff or? Yeah. So the way my training was up until that point, it was like I mentioned before, the off season bodybuilding was the in season powerlifting, vice versa. So I was doing some heavy lifting. And after that injury, I could not push myself to the same degree. So before that injury, that's when I hit my personal best lifts. Right. And just for those listening, my personal best bench was 445. Squat was 520 and deadlift was like 530, something wow. like that. Yeah. So, so but respectable great. lifts. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not world but, class, but, but respectable. Creep, creeping up to like yeah. a 1500 pound total, yes. which is, yes. is quite nice. Right. Yeah. So I was, I was happy with those lifts. But since that injury, I could not move those numbers. Uh, part of it was just my body wouldn't let me. And then a part of it was fear. Because yeah. as the weight started to climb, I was like, man, is it just yeah. going to snap again? It's in your head forever yeah. at that point. Mm -hmm. And it's hard yeah. to get over. So I, I couldn't push myself the same ever since. Yeah. So more quality training, mm -hmm. still pushing myself hard. But now failure is, is done with slower tempo and actually getting a, a muscular contraction failure, not this explosive lifting right. failure. A time under tension yeah, type more, thing. Fatigue, more time under yeah. tension. Just, just slowing down the tempo and focusing on contracting the muscle instead of just trying to move the weight. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing a lot of since then. And, and I find the older I get, the more I have to do that. Yeah. You know, I just can't risk the injuries. So that was a, a big one for me. And then another injury that I had that was a, a big setback was back, I want to say around 2012-ish. <laughs> I, I could be a bit off on the date here, but around 2012-ish, I was actually training with Mike Westerdahl and yeah. Elliot Hulse and a bunch of guys over at uh, Elite, Elite Strength and Conditioning. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it. Ch Chandler was it. It's actually gym. so that building is still a, still there? a functioning building. Okay, uh, you know that's with fit and it's become. Yeah. I think the whole plaza has become a real, you know, area for for you know fitness and health based uh, uh, businesses. But okay. uh, it's no longer Chandler's operation. You know, gotcha. But, but uh, that's where you were. And, that's and, where I and, was. And you were boys being boys. And yeah, boys being boys. So anyway, I went in there and. We were just messing around. I don't even know if it was a planned workout. It was just screwing around. So I seen there was a bunch of guys in their training. They had kegs and they had, you know, battle ropes and and the, the logs, log yes, lifting. Yes. Um, and so we were messing around with the kegs and the logs and this kind of stuff. And then next thing you know, out comes the tire, right? And this is a big tire, right? This is – I've never flipped a tire before. I never had access to one in my gym where I was training at. So anyway, it was a 600-pound tire. Mike Westerdahl goes over and flips the tire. Elliot Hulse grabs it and flips it. And a bunch of other guys there flipped it. And there was a couple of guys who were skinny, lanky guys, right? They went and grabbed the tire and flipped it. So I'm there, well, geez, I'm bigger than him. I should be able to flip this tire. So I get over and I don't know how to flip a tire or anything, like how to set up and everything else. So I get under there and what do I do? I use my arms to try and, you know, get a grip on the tire and boom, 
popped my left bicep. Ugh. So that was the next major injury. Now, throughout the years, I mean, I've suffered the, the, the nuisance injuries, you know, like, oh, sure. my shoulder hurts. I got some tendonitis in the elbow. All that nagging stuff for, for years on and off. But these are like major, like setback, setback injuries. injuries. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when Six you, months to a 12 oh, month my recovery. God, yeah. yeah. So the same thing with this injury. I, of course, being a Canadian, I did that injury in Florida. So I'm trying to get health care as a Canadian in another country. I mean, like I went to the hospital and they said, well, what's your insurance like and blah, blah, blah. And say, well, we can't do anything for you. Finally, there was this Canadian health care clinic in St. Petersburg. And I went in there and they said, well, we'll give you an anti-inflammatory and an ACE bandage. <laughs> That's what they gave me for my torn bicep. Oh, my gosh. So, I didn't so, get any treatment for it. And same thing. I went home to the doctor and he said, well, we put you on a six-month waiting list oh to see a specialist. So gracious. That healed on its own. So my left bicep is shorter than my right. It has been ever since. Still, I'm still able to train it normally, but I don't want to push it. So I'm not going to be pulling heavy deadlifts or anything that's going to overstretch or strain that bicep. Yeah. So. It, that, it, that was a year long. So the lesson here yeah. is warm up, <laughs> know your limitations. Mm-hmm. And if everyone else is doing it, it doesn't mean you need to do it too. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like if everyone else jumps off the bridge and yeah. they know right where the rocks are, yeah. you know, to, to, to land perfectly, but you've never done the bridge jump, like let's let's back it down. Yep. You never flipped a tire before never in your life. A tire. And the first one you try to flip is a 600 pound tire that's a big which tire that's, that's gonna get your attention yes so yeah like you said you don't even know the setup no and there is a whole like oh it is uh, it, not that long ago i didn't know how to right. flip a darn tire myself yeah. so yeah i mean it's yeah. it's not an arm exercise no that's right <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's heavy duty stuff yeah. so but it's intimidating too because you're a fitness guy you're a bodybuilder you're a power lifter you're a strong guy and you're hanging out with a bunch of other Guys mm-hmm. with the same mentality, yep. Mike and Elliot and Chandler and all this. I want so, to keep up with these I guys. I just got to keep up. Exactly. That's what, you know, I got to keep that, up. That kind of like unspoken peer pressure. Yep. You know? It's just that, yeah, nobody's saying anything, but we no. just, you you feel it. You're like, you know, that yeah. that like underlying yep. competition Next. there, right? You, yeah. Come on. Like he did it. He did it. So now yep. it's your turn, right? Oh my gosh. So now I'm at the stage where... I don't care who's doing what. I'm just going to start <laughs> off like, give me, I mean, I'll flip a bicycle tire if I got to. <laughs> you know, like, come on, I'm not going to do, I'm That's just going to take That's it great. easy. So I don't care what anybody's doing at this stage. Yeah. I'm just going to start off light. I mean, if, if I have to, I'll start with the empty barbell, learn the movements, mm-hmm. whatever. And the, the ego gets pushed to the side. As yeah. you, I mean, after these injuries, I'm just like, I can't suffer yeah. another injury like yeah. this. But you know what's funny is that the correlation between what you've just, what the theme of what you've been talking about, which is like, you know, understanding your, your limits, mm-hmm. knowing, knowing what you're capable of and, 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 and being smart, respecting your body. Respecting right? I've heard body, you say yeah. that earlier today. Yeah. And John Hansen, who I'm, I know yeah, you're I'm no familiar John. with yeah. John, mm-hmm. we, we've had him here numerous times and we did a podcast with him. And he said, one of the, th- well, the one thing that he wished young lifters or be- beginner level people knew or that he knew as a young lifter was to, to not always be so focused on the heavy, heavy, heavy stuff and just beating the hell out of your body at a young age because you feel invincible. Mm -hmm. You feel strong. And and you kind of, in a way, you are 
To a degree, yeah. To a degree, mm-hmm. you kind of are. Yep. As a young man in his late teens, early 20s, you are at the you, – you just feel like nothing can stop you. And, and that's a cool, it's a cool place to be. And, you know, I remember those years and it was a lot of fun. But at the yeah. same time, you don't realize the toll that takes on you and it yeah. ca- does catch up with you at some point. It so the, the smarter person, I think, is a little bit more um, uh, picky and choosy with when they, you know, like when they max out their efforts, mm-hmm. you know, save it. Save yep. it for the competition, you know, save yes. it for the, don't just like be willy nilly with like when you're, when yeah. you're going to show off how, how powerful and strong you are, you know, be warmed up, mm-hmm. be, you know, have everything like working in your favor, you know, before yep. you like test the, the, the limits, right? you know, and, and that's the way you approach your training now, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and how you position yourself to all your fans and followers, right? Is So t- tell yep. me more about like what you're really f- focused on uh, right now with uh, on your YouTube channel and in and, 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 and different uh, uh, platforms. Yeah, so the way it works with me now is my business and my YouTube channel, it's, it's just a correlation of what's going on for me. So as I was bodybuilding, it was all about big, getting big, getting ripped, you know, and following my bodybuilding journey. As I've transition. So the last time I competed on stage was in 2011. Now, after that, I took a break and I wasn't, it was, it was kind of strange because I wasn't really planning on taking a break, but I just ended up, you know, I'm not going to compete the next year. And then I'm not going to compete the next year after that. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> yes. you know, once the momentum stops, it's easy to keep it stopped. So I got out of competing and that really had a big impact on my physique because what kept me in check was the fact that, okay, I got a competition coming up. So now I'm going to diet down and get ready for that competition. So if I got fat in the off season, eh, don't worry about it. I got a competition coming up. I'm going to diet down and lose all that fat and get ripped for competition. And I did that for years, right? I just, you know, competing always kept my physique in check. Mm. So when I wasn't competing all of a sudden, then the weight just started to creep up on me. And I didn't have that yearly check-in where I'm going to diet it all off, at, you know, and get ready for competition. So a few years went by and I was piling on a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight, and it just kept creeping up. Mm. And then my wife and I, we uh, we tried to have a child back in 2013. So that was our, this is kind of a little sidetrack. I mean, we went through a phase of going through that because we had some issues trying to get pregnant and stuff. She had some miscarriages and stuff. I mean, I know it sounds bad, but it's it's so common. It, it happens. It really is. It is. It's amazing. You know, how it, it shouldn't be a we, taboo we, subject. It we did it too. My, my own, yeah. we we suffered through two of those ourselves. Right? It's amazing how common that is. Yeah. So we we had a couple miscarriages, and of course that takes away any motivation for for working out and stuff, and yes. just trying to get you know have a baby, which we did. We have a, a two year old son, and he's Yay. he's healthy, and that's that's a prime pride. Joy. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah. A- and his first name is? Harvey. I love that name. Harvey Lee Harvey. Hayward's his name. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Harvey Lee. Harvey Lee Hayward. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, he's he's my pride and joy. So he was born in September of 2016. Mm-hmm. And as you know, when you have children, you drop down the ranks big time. You go from being number one to you are a second class citizen. You are a servant. You are not the priority anymore. Nope. <laughs> so when that happened... My workouts went out the window. My diet went out the window. I mean, you're not sleeping. You're just exhausted. It's so much easier to say, I don't want to cook. I'm going to order a pizza. I'm going to order takeout Chinese. I'm going to whatever. And 
Of course, in the moment you say, oh, it's, oh, it's only one meal. It's only one cheat meal. And then that one cheat meal turns into another. And then it's, it just, it's a slippery slope, right? You start falling down that slippery slope. So mentally, I know what to do. I know what to do in terms of workouts. I know what to do in terms of diet, but I'm not doing it. And then it just gradually catches up with you and catches up with you. And finally, I was getting comments on my YouTube channel. Like, who's this fat effer giving fitness advice? And I was like, oh my God. Like, first of all, I said, oh, they're just haters, right? You know, haters are going to hate and I just ignore it. And then I get in these comments more and more and like, yeah. maybe they're right. <laughs> I've gotten a few of those right? when I've let myself yeah. kind of get. And it, I tell you what, yeah. it is it, as much as you go, yeah, the haters are going to hate. Yeah. But then sometimes no, you have to no. look at yourself yeah. in the mirror and say, well, I guess I see where they're coming, they're coming. from. I'm trying to be a fitness authority here, and I got uh, 10 pounds that really shouldn't yeah, be in my or, gut right or, now. Or, or more. Or more. <laughs> yeah, I'm being nice. Right, yeah, where the 10 pounds is a very general, yeah. <laughs> a very, very forgiving number. Yeah. Right? If we only had 10 pounds extra. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that, I, that was there. the big thing for me. I mean, I get those comments, and then I was like, man, they're, they're right. And like a lot of people, then I was also getting my fans. They say, like, I love watching your videos. You know what you're talking about. But, you know, I miss the days when you used to lift and I miss the days when you were used to compete where people say, like, Lee knows what he's talking about, but he's retired and he doesn't practice what he preaches anymore. So, like, hmm, maybe I got to, you know, pick up the, the ball where I left off. So, back uh, last year, it was a little over a year ago now, I really said, you know, I'm not going to let this happen to me again. But at the same time, I don't want to go through a pre-contest diet. Which is brutal. I mean, you you know competitive bodybuilders and what they put themselves through. And it, 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 you have to be so oh tuned God. in and so self-aware. Selfish. Selfish. And selfish. Yeah. Big time and, selfish. And, yeah. And and that's a, a, a commitment that you have to make knowing that, you know, for the next 16 weeks or 20 weeks or whatever mm -hmm. your, your time frame is, yep. that um, you're going to have to live a very different type of life. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and that's almost impossible for most people, let's be honest. It's it's almost impossible for most people. And then if you got young children at home, it's, yeah. I mean, if you're going to do that, then that's being a disservice to the rest of the family, mm -hmm. if you're going to be that selfish. Right. So I was thinking, how can I find a balance to get myself in shape without sacrificing the family, without being a, a big burden on them? Because when I was competing, it was the blinders were on and it was just me getting ready for a show and nothing else mattered. That's right. Right? Nothing yeah. else mattered. And, and Trish, can, she could take care of her own needs, right? Yeah, right? right. <laughs> you know, so. But it's, you, you can't do that with a family. No. And, and I wanted to find a system or a way of how I could get in shape without being on a diet. Like where I could be in a shape where, okay, I'm comfortable enough to take my shirt off at the beach or at the pool or whatever. Not necessarily be shredded, but I'm comfortable. Right. I'm not embarrassed about my body to be able to take the shirt off. And I wanted to find a way to maintain that. So that's what I've been focusing on now over the last few years you know, or sorry, actually the last year, really. Yeah. This is very recent for me, actually. Yeah. The last year is what I'm really focusing on. Yeah. And and so give me like what's a day in a life or a week look like for you in terms of your uh, your eating habits mm -hmm. and your extra, your workout habits. What's what what's a day or a week look like for you? Right now. Well, right now, one of the big changes that I've made is I've incorporated intermittent fasting. And I find that if you're trying to lose weight or maintain weight, that's a good strategy. It really is. Because I was always the old school, six meals a day, you know, and that works. 
if you have a metabolism and you're training hard and you're burning off those calories, you know, going to the gym six days a week or whatever, I mean, yeah, you can make that work. But I found as I've gotten older, the metabolism's starting to slow down. I just don't have the metabolism to burn that much food. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those guys, I don't like to sit down to the table, eat and leave hungry. Can you relate to this, Chris? Oh, big time. I hate, man. like, have a few bites app, and leave. My, my appetite's my, my biggest enemy. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's just right. too, too grand for its too own grand. good. <laughs> so I, I like to have a strategy where I can have a couple satisfying meals, leave the table feeling comfortable, and still keep my calories in check. And intermittent fasting has allowed me to do that. And what type of uh, IF are you doing? Uh, how do you structure yours? Because there, there's obviously I, different approaches. I don't have a super strict structure. I mean, mm -hmm. when I started it, my big thing was I'm going to fast for 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Just just make look at the clock. Make sure there's a 12-hour gap yep. between meals. So I have that 12-hour fast. And where that came from is I was actually uh, studying and about fasting and how the metabolism works. And it generally takes about 12 hours for your body to metabolize food. So we're, we're always thinking, you know, oh, got to eat every two to three hours. Right. That's a crock of BS yeah, yeah. because the food lingers in your system. But it usually takes 12 hours for to pass through from the time you eat it to the time you push it, it through. Yeah, push it through. <laughs> right, you know. Yeah, before it comes out yeah, the other end. Right. Yeah. Now, of course, it's going to vary depending sure. on the foods. But on average, the 12 hours. So that's what I started with, a 12-hour fast. And then I just kind of lengthen that out. So the way I do it now, I don't have a strict schedule. I mean, some days it might be a 16 hours fast, eight hour window. It might be a 20 hour fast, a four hour window. Mm -hmm. It really depends on my schedule, what I'm doing. I don't try and stress over it. Mm -hmm. I know some people try to be so meticulous, but this is real life, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't, I'm not dieting for a show. It's not like I have a deadline where I've got to be shredded by X date. I, I just want to be in shape year round and maintain it for life. So, and this is a a daily. Do you have a daily a daily, a mm -hmm. daily uh, use of IF basically, yes. and it can and fluctuate from anywhere from twelve up to like twenty hours. Twelve to twenty hours usually. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I, I've I've played with it a little bit. Okay. But I've done it like you know because some people have great success with it just incorporating it a few days a week. Right. Like they might do it on like a Wednesday, a Tuesday and a Friday or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, and then that way they can still kind of eat what they want on the weekends. Yeah. You know, and, and not that they're going way off course on the other days. It's right. just that and, and, and I know the 18 hour intermittent fast is one of the most popular mm -hmm. just because of the the way the timing works. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it's kind of like sensible. Like, let's say you, you last meals eight o'clock or something at mm -hmm. night and then you can make it pretty well to like that that like noon the next mm -hmm. day lunch the next day yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and and that uh and i've done that one mm -hmm. um quite a few times and actually you feel it's not that hard to skip it's breakfast not. no it's if not. you have some water and, and like a couple cups of coffee yep i can roll right through breakfast no problem but by lunch i'm ready mm -hmm. i am ready to go yeah but um I, I would like to incorporate it a little bit more often because sure. I, I, like you, have, have noticed such a dramatic change mm -hmm. from early 30s to early 40s in my Huge. metabolism yeah. and how hard it is to get the unwanted 10, 15, 20 pounds mm. off that used to be like no problem. Yeah. yeah. You had 10, 15, 20 pounds to get off and it was like, oh, I can do that in a month. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, cool. Without even really trying too hard. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, 
I maybe can do it in four months if right. I'm really dedicated. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. That, that's a, another thing. And we can – the way it is, as you get older, it it's a slower process. But the thing is you don't have to kill yourself and torture yourself in order to get lean. Like you just have to tip the scales yeah. so that you're slowly losing versus slowly gaining. That's right. right? You know, it's just so think of the is. long term. I mean, it's, it could only be like a few hundred calorie deficit. But as long as it's a slow loss versus a slow gain, yeah, you can maintain a lean physique over no, the long term. There's no so, doubt about it. Discover the seven worst testosterone killers and find out why you are literally half the man your father was. Go to strongbydesigntkillers.com, enter your email, and download this special report for free. Let's get back to the show. People kick themselves because they see these huge numbers on mm. TV shows, you know, yeah. five to 10 pounds of, of weight lost in like a, a, yeah. a five to seven day period or something. Or and, the biggest loser it, competitions, yeah. that and type it, of thing. And yeah. it's so unrealistic. Yes. Is that show even on anymore? I don't even I don't know. think it is, but that, that really set some unrealistic expectations. It really did. Yeah. And it was it was kind of a lot of, un, as, as much good as it did, I think, to inspire mm-hmm. people for change. It did a lot of uh, unrealistic uh, uh, kind of like goals, I think, for people. For sure. Like, you know, these 20-pound week, weekly weight losses and stuff back-to-back. It's like, well, no one's going to be able to do this at home. If yeah. you can lose five pounds in a month, mm-hmm. you're doing great. You're doing really good. Absolutely. You know, it's 3,500 calories is a pound. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to cut out, you know, two, three, 400 calories mm-hmm. a day, that's going to take a long time for that for that to, to add up. But yeah. it, like you said, I love that. That's a great thing that you said. It's like, are you slowly losing or mm-hmm. are you slowly gaining? And that's it's, it. it's going to be one or the other pretty right. much. And so if you can just nip that, that, that you know, those extra two, three, 400 calories on a daily basis yep. and get it working in your favor, three, four months goes by in a snap of a finger, right? And all of a For sudden sure. you're 10, 12, 15 pounds lighter. That's huge. I mean, I'll give you some practical tips. And this is stuff that I've done to lose that weight without counting calories, without counting macros. Now, for those listening, I'm not against counting calories. I'm not against counting macros. And in fact, when I coach somebody, I always recommend that they start off doing that mm-hmm. because most people, if you've never focused on nutrition, you don't know how much protein is in yeah. a chicken breast or how many grams of carbs are in a, a cup of oatmeal or, or things like that. You don't know these things. No. So you way need, off. In yeah. Fact. Oh, way off. No clue. People have no eating. idea. So yes, start with counting your macros and, and counting your calories. So you just understand food and nutrition in general. But once you get the basics, like you've been doing that for, for years, once you've been doing that for a while, you don't need to keep doing it because it's just another mundane task. I mean, I hate to have to sit down and weigh everything out before I eat it. That takes the pleasure out of a meal, right? If, if you have to weigh it out before you eat it versus just sit down and eat it, <laughs> right. right? It takes the pleasure out of it. It really is. It takes the whole, you know, the, the oh, I, I can go on and on, but it just takes the fun out of eating. So I want to enjoy my food, but I have a few key strategies and it makes this such an easy way to eat. So first thing, when I sit down to a meal, the very first thing I eat is a large garden salad. Even today at lunch, what did I order? I ordered a large garden salad with a, uh, it was a filet of salmon with it. So I had a salmon salad. That was my lunch today. But I start with that. And I find that that gives me the filler food, right? I mean, you get a big bowl of 
salad vegetables. I mean, you can eat that up and pre-fill your belly mm-hmm. so that you get the the hunger and the eating satisfaction out of the way. And then I'll fill up on, you know, carbs afterwards. So I always start with vegetables, protein, and carbs. And I eat in that order. So green fibrous veggies, then whatever protein it is, the chicken, the beef, the fish, mm-hmm. whatever. And then what's left over will be the carbs. No, it's a, it's a great system yeah. to follow. So, if people just mm-hmm. load up on those fibrous carbohydrates yep. that are super low calorie. Yes. You know, the celeries and the and the, the, the lettuces mm-hmm. and the spinach and the kale and all Fill that up. stuff. You can eat that stuff till it comes peppers. out your ears. Yeah, <laughs> you really can. Yeah. Like any diet that you follow, and I can't say any, most no. diets that you follow, there's no cutoff on how many salads in a day no. that you can eat, depending on what you're putting on it. That's the but kicker, yeah. You yeah. gotta be smart, right? You know, let's, oil yeah. and vinegar would yeah, probably be it does the most add up. recommended. I, mean, I, I still put some some salad dressing in that on it. A little sure. strategy I lose. I, I, like to, uh, I like the creamy salad dressings, like the ranches and stuff like that. So what I'll do is I'll mix uh, a little bit of like ranch dressing and then I'll put some Greek yogurt in the ah, salad and to mix thin it, in. it out. Yeah. Well, it, it gives it that creamy texture yeah. that I crave. Yeah. But it actually bumps up the protein a little bit and it keeps the the fat and the garbage calories down. Yeah. Because salad dressing is garbage calories. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. But I like the taste of it. <laughs> so I know it, right? it, it makes the vegetables yeah. uh, much more palatable. Right. I mean, it? if you're eating a dry salad, I mean, uh, I probably wouldn't be sticking to this strategy if I had to eat right. dry veggies. But right. Having that little bit of ranch dressing, a little bit of Greek yogurt mixed in there, I mean, it just makes it a tasty salad. I enjoy it. I actually look forward to those salads every yeah, day. I look yeah. forward to them. So that's my key right there. And I that's stuff great. myself that's with That's great. Yeah, because it, it does satiate you to mm-hmm. a certain degree, fills you up. Yep. We're always going to have enough room for for our protein. Always. You know, yep. be able to squeeze in a, a, a steak or a, a nice piece of, like you had salmon, had salmon or today. shrimp or, you know, whatever you have, piece of nice boneless chicken mm-hmm. breast or something. And then whatever you have left, if you still have a, you know, a little bit of hunger left, you know, if you want a little bit of potato yeah. or a little bit of rice or something like and, that. And that'll vary. Sometimes it's fruit. Like sometimes yeah. I'll have the veggies and the meat and then I say, well, for dessert now I want some fruit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, banana. And if I want a little bit more substance, I might have like a banana with some peanut butter on it. Right? That'll be my dessert, if you will. It's like your dessert, your but, finisher. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a typical meal for me. Yeah. And I'll usually have a couple of those a day. So where you're at right now from where you were about a year and a year and a half mm-hmm. ago when you were, you know, kind of fed up with with your physique at that yep. point. Uh what what's your transformation uh in the terms numbers, of numbers? The know? numbers on the scale haven't changed a lot. A lot of it was uh, actual body composition. Mm-hmm. So when I started I was around 220 and now I'm around 205. So the numbers, I mean, yeah, they're 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 yeah. lower, but a lot of it was just a, a transformation in terms of a body composition change. Yeah. Right. Recomping, as we yeah, call re- it. Yeah, recomping. Yeah. Because yeah. I was getting more consistent with the workouts, obviously more consistent with the nutrition. And that just, you can build muscle and burn fat simultaneously. I know some people say you can't, but 99% of the people listening to this can. It's only when you're at that pinnacle level, like say a bodybuilder getting ready for a competition, you know. You're not going to go from 10% body fat to 5% and build muscle simultaneously, right? right? At that stage, yes, you have to pick and choose. But the average person who just wants to lose weight and get in shape, you can build muscle and burn fat simultaneously. Oh, without question. Mm -hmm. Without question. If your nutrition's on point and your training is smart – uh, you're, 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 there's going to be muscle d- developing. And when we build muscle, yep. our bodies become 
more like of this mm -hmm. revved up furnace and it does a better job yep. of metabolizing fat. You burn fat For better sure. with more muscle. Uh, and and uh, so that's, I, I love that. And, and in terms of your training, like what's your structure look like now for in a given week? Are you doing bodybuilding splits? Are you doing more total body uh, lifting? What are you doing? I've been doing more total body workouts. And the way that I structure my workouts now is I like to refer to it as my yin and yang training system. This is the way I do it is I have high intensity weight training one day, low intensity cardio the next, and I just alternate it back and forth. And I find it's such a it's such a simple plan, but it's very complimentary because during those low intensity cardio days, you're getting that active recovery, mm -hmm. still out getting exercise, yeah. burning calories, yeah. but I'm not breaking down the muscle. You know, I mean, and for me, my low intensity cardio is usually getting outside for a walk. You know, if sometimes if the weather's nice, I'll go for a mountain bike ride or or if the weather's not nice, I'll do cardio in the gym using the cardio machines. But more often than not, it's getting outside for a walk or a bicycle ride. Right. So which, that's my which is always I mean, always a great thing to do. Yeah, it's a full, a full body movement gets a heart rate up. It just makes you feel good. If you're outside, yep. that's a plus. You're getting the vitamin Active D. Active meditation. That's it, baby. Yeah. So that's great. I love that that back and forth yin yang, yin -yang approach. That's the way I look at it. High and 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 your your um, your weight training's more that high intensity interval style where you're or or it varies. It, varies. it really does. Okay. But it, I've been focusing more on total body workouts lately, mm -hmm. and because I, I find. If you're doing the old school bodybuilding splits, you know, the day one chest, day two back, day three legs and all that, you need to be going to the gym frequently, yeah. like five, six days a week in order to get all your body parts done in a reasonable period of time. Like if you want to hit each muscle group once a week and you're doing a traditional bodybuilding split, you got to go six days a week. That's it. So if you're not doing that, then you need to have more, uh, basically combining more muscle groups per workout. So yeah. I'll probably do maybe a push-pull legs, I might do upper-lower body split, or I might just do a full-on uh, total body workout. Very much what we do here. Very it, similar, yeah. yeah. It's and, it, and I think this is the more attractive approach mm -hmm. to training for the men that are in the that late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. You know, they, they, they have family commitments. They yep. have career uh, commitments. They only have so many hours in the week mm -hmm. that they can devote to training, but they love their training. Sure. So we yep. got to get it in, right? Because I, I, I'm sure you're just like me. Mm -hmm. We are almost in a depressed state if we can't do something physical, yep. you know, right? On mm -hmm. a daily basis. And that could be something as little like going out for a real good walk, mm -hmm. you know, and that yep. makes you feel good. And it's like, you know, I did something today. Because we're driven by like, you know, me, that that mental, that mind-muscle connection is, is. is very, very potent. And if if I'm not moving my body and doing something, my mind's not right. Yep. And, and I think you're the same type of person. But I am if, for sure. Yeah. The total body approach has really benefited all of us here because we can go out right here in the compound mm -hmm. and grab a 40-minute to 60-minute workout. Yep training, you know, kind of total body almost sure every was. time. Sometimes you go out there and just have a fun bodybuilding yep. day where we're just, you know, kind of more arms and shoulders and stuff. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. But for the majority of our training, it's playing with all our toys out there, our kettlebells, and then going over, maybe hitting one machine and then doing something in the power rack and then, you know, finishing with like some battle rope and some slam balls or mm -hmm. something. And so you're, we're kind of always 
everything's kind of getting worked to a right. certain degree. And it's so much different than in the old school, you know, chest tries and, 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 and calves, you yeah. know, and like having those types of days, which yeah. is, which was fun, but I feel more connected head to toe now as in my you know older years mm-hmm. than I did when I was younger, when I was, yeah, I was in good shape, but I was I was always segmenting everything. Right, I know. What you mean. Yeah, so it's just, it's just such a, a different approach. But uh, this is Spe- great. Speaking about total body, like a lot of people are under the the conception that okay, I'm going to do the same workout every time I go to the gym. So like I have a total body routine, so I have to do that total body Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever your days are. But you don't have to do the same total body workout. You, yes, you're working the total body, but. Like, for example, if, if your main chest exercise for day one is bench press, I mean, the next day it could be a dumbbell press. The day after that, it could be dips. You know, like I, I do total body workouts, but it's not the same workout each time. Right. So over the course of the week, I'm still getting a lot of training variety doing a total body workout because I'm just changing up the exercises. That's right. So you can still get the, the variety that you normally would if you were doing like a traditional split routine. Right. But combine it in a total body fashion. I love it. No, that's so yeah. true. And, and and when you're not doing, you know, 20 sets for your chest yeah. in a particular day, it's okay if from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, if you do different types of chest exercises, right. because not on any one of those days did you do so much work that your chest is in this like completely broken down state, right? you know, from, from all that, you know, mm-hmm. isolated work. Yeah. So now, like you said, you, you know, one day you do like a, an incline barbell press, the next day you could do a flat dumbbell mm-hmm. press, and the third day you could do some type of free motion cable, you know, work, right. you know, and, and so it's always a little different, yep. you know, but it's not so much for just that, you know, for that area. And it's, um, yeah. I, I just really have grown to love that style of training mm-hmm. as I've gotten. And I, I, I do feel in a lot of ways too, it helps with injury prevention. Yeah. Because I, you're not spending so much time attacking one particular body part. You don't get that repetitive motion strain yeah. that you do if you're doing 20 sets per yeah. body part. Yeah. I used to be yeah. to fight with tendonitis mm. so much in my elbow yep. from just the, the, that repetitive movement, you know, whatever yep. it was, a couple of different things I was doing. Or I used to get a lot of uh, IT band right. uh, yep. pain from too much leg press all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. And now it's like, we're out there moving all laterally yeah. and doing all kinds of stuff on the turf. Yeah. And, you know, and my so trying to do more athletic movement mm-hmm. and stuff that's multi-directional rather than always being confined right. into these, you know, same positions all, all the time. Tell you another thing, I was speaking of all these different styles of training, one thing that I've incorporated recently as well is doing more yoga. Yes. I mean, we, I know that sounds so sissy and like people who are hardcore, they're like, yoga, what are you Lee talking Hayward, about? Lee Hayward, yoga, yoga. What? But I'm telling, if you've never done yoga before, you don't realize how hard it is. It, it's, it's massively hard. I mean, it's, it is. Like some of these poses, when you watch like a yoga master, someone who's been doing it for years or decades or whatever, I mean, they make it look so easy. But then you try and do these, you know, upward, downward dog and warrior poses and all this, and you're shaking like a leaf and just, it's, it is hurt. It, it is, is very un- hurt. Unbelievably yeah. tough. But uh, it, it does a lot for your mobility. Uh, I find another thing that's from a bodybuilding point of view or a powerlifting point of view, it's, it teaches you to relax under tension. 
Because when you're lift, like someone's doing bench presses or squats and they're grunting and groaning and they're, they're str- that's right, they're straining and they're they're making everybody know they're straining. Like yeah. they're not trying to hide it or anything like that. Right. You are straining and you're letting the whole world know I am working my ass off here. But with yoga, you feel the pain, you feel the tension and you just breathe through it. So it, it helps in so many other areas of life just to be able to relax while under stress. Yeah, no doubt about you it. Know, no, that's great. Powerful. I'm, I'm glad, powerful. glad you brought that up because yeah. I, I actually did not know that you've uh, subscribed to that in, in your training in, rec- in recent it's, times. I mean, I, I don't, I take the easy way out. I mean, I'm not going to like yoga classes or anything yeah, yeah. else, but YouTube, you do search for yoga sure. on YouTube and there's so many full length follow along yeah. yoga workouts. So I, I go to my living room, put YouTube up on the big screen TV and I have my own private yoga coach. I can rewind it and play it back as often as I want. I mean, it's it's, it's perfect. And it's of course, great. I'm in my in my house, so nobody gets to see me when I'm screwing up, exactly. falling over. Right, doing right. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I feel about as pathetic as it gets yeah, right? doing some of this stuff, but it's so yeah. beneficial mm-hmm. to us because it gets you to move kind of like you did when you were younger. Sure. I mean, kids move effortlessly in with tumbling and with mm-hmm. with all these different positions they can bend their body into. Yeah. And that's not a heck of a lot different than what yoga is trying to get you to do. It's just Move your body mm-hmm. the way it was designed yeah. to move and hold positions for extended periods of time and and, and open up the, the joints, open mm-hmm. up the hips and, and get your shoulders and your back to like be more more mobile, mobile. And, and, and have some some thoracic mobility and stuff. Yep. All these things that you lose when you do a lot of heavy sure. lifting, you oh, know, you become, do. become very muscle bound and, mm-hmm. and, and you lose a lot yeah. of that, that range of motion. But uh, we've done a lot more yoga here in the last year with Coach Zach, who you, who yeah, you met I've today. Yeah, I've met him today. He's, he's terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when, when we don't have him, guess what we do? You've heard of Yoga Burn yep. uh, with Zoe. So yeah. we do we put yoga burn on our flat screen there TV out here, and we we do Follow beginner on. level mm-hmm. phase one. We're you know workout yep. one, workout two. Yep. We're dying. We're sweating. We're twitching. We're like <laughs> snot bubbles, like the whole thing, right? <laughs> Fighting like heck. But you know what? It, yep. It's after we're done for like 30, 40 minutes, we feel fantastic, and it's a great break between the, the mm-hmm. lifting. And you know the conditioning days. It's great yep. to have these mobility days. These days where you're you're focused yes. on more static stuff, but it's still intense. It is, and it does it does open things up and benefit you. Do you find like with with my own training, like I noticed, I mentioned the yin and the yang. Yeah. The the yoga would be the, the more in the the gentle form of exercise because I find after I do a yoga workout, I feel renewed it's like i feel invigorated and, mm-hmm. and energetic whereas if you go in there and you smash a heavy weight training workout you feel beat up and exhausted yes but a yoga workout i actually feel more energized afterwards same something? when i do the, the like if i go out for a walk i mean i feel energized afterwards it doesn't break you down it's exercise that actually builds you up so that's why i like to alternate the the yin and the yang yeah right no, the, the, that's fantastic you're absolutely mm-hmm. right i feel the same way it There's, doesn't break you down no yeah. you feel your body just feels awake. Mm-hmm. It feels uh, invigorated. It feels yep. um, you, you. You feel definitely like you're able to move. In, in sure. Just I actually feel like at the end of a yoga session, I'm like, now I'm really ready to work out. Yeah. But even though I just worked out, I don't go and, and hit weights typically after no. that. But 
And the other day, actually, I was inspired to go do 10 minutes on the water rower. I just felt so good, had mm -hmm. a good sweat going. Yeah. I'm like, I want to keep this going. Right. And so I got another couple uh, 2,000 meter there water row in after, and uh, it just it felt fantastic. But yeah. well, this is all really great information. I think, uh, you know, any any guy, especially listening, who needs a little kick in the pants mm. to, to, to kind of rethink their, their, their training strategy, the, the yeah. way they approach uh, fitness as mm -hmm. they've got crept into their later 30s, early 40s. Right. Or, or, I mean, just, I mean, any guy 50 years old or more. Yeah. And this applies um, to anybody at any it, stage, it, really. It really does. Mm -hmm. It's just taking care of your body, respect your body, mm -hmm. listen to your body, know your limits, mm -hmm. all these things, right, that, that, we've, that we've talked about. And not being afraid to try some of these new things, like, Absolutely, like the, yeah. you know, we've got yoga. the bodybuilding, powerlifting <laughs> type roots, you know, and we're sitting here doing yoga and yep. talking about how great that is. It is for sure. I yeah. mean, it's people just have to open their mind, be willing to try different things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and because yoga is one of those. Yeah, it, it it is. It's it's the opposite of like beating down your body and 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 mm -hmm. and, and, and which. You know, has its 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 pluses too, right? You know, it does. Like, you know, seeing what your your body's capable of in terms of like strength output, but you know, re re uh, energizing and renewing your body through these these other better, easier, yeah. softer movement, and and it's great too for for the head, for the mental mm -hmm. uh, clarity, the meditation side of things. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. I mean, even speaking of that, like. One of my strategies now, whenever I get frustrated, like if, if you're working on a project and it's not going your way, I, I've learned that instead of trying to beat a dead horse and just keep working on it, I just stop and go for a walk. Mm. That's my thing. Like even if I get a headache, I don't grab a, an aspirin or a Tylenol or whatever. I stop, go for a walk. And almost 99% effectiveness, when I come back from that walk, I feel so much better. Like the headache is gone. The yep. frustration is gone. The stress is just relieved, especially where I live up in uh, Newfoundland, Canada. I mean, we have a lot of, you know, rural country. So, I mean, I get out in the woods a lot of times and it's just alone in nature, not like in the busy city. Now, say, if you got to walk in the busy city, that's still better than nothing. But if you can get outside in nature or go for a walk along the beach, somewhere like that, mm. it's just... That is active meditation and it just renews you mentally and physically. Without a doubt, man. It's so, so true. Yeah. Don't don't be so quick to pop a pill. <laughs> be quicker to drink a nice big tall glass of water and get outside and go Absolutely. for a walk. And like you said, 99% of the time, that's all you need. That's mm -hmm. all your body wants. Yeah. It doesn't want an ibuprofen. No, absolutely not. It really doesn't. It wants natural uh, yeah. remedies, you know. Fresh so, air and movement. That's it. That's it, man. Oh, man, that's fantastic advice. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, thank you for sitting down with us. Uh, anyone listening, what, what are the best places for people to go and find out more about you, Lee? Best thing, you can just search my name, Lee Hayward, and you'll find me on YouTube. You'll find me on Facebook. Uh, those are the two big places that I'm active. I also have my own website, LeeHayward.com. That's my blog. Mm -hmm. But YouTube is the big one. If, uh, guess, if yeah, you want to just search for Lee yeah. Hayward's Total Fitness Bodybuilding, that's on YouTube. And just you have thousands of videos at this point. I mean, you... uh, there's over a thousand videos up yeah. there. Yeah. And, um, like we got, I think, 260,000 subscribers-ish, <laughs> somewhere around that range. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. 
Yeah, we lo- we love our YouTube around here. Yeah, yeah, YouTube is great. I mean, it's it's such an amazing platform. And we'll sure. be making a few YouTube videos with this man uh, in yeah, the coming we, days. We are. So. We actually started today. Actually, well, that's true. Actually, yeah, yeah. This, this will go on YouTube eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for uh, visiting mm-hmm. here at the compound, and uh, we look forward to seeing a little bit more of you while you're still down here in Florida. Absolutely. Before Thanks, you go Chris. back. It's been a pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, it's been fantastic. Thank you for listening to the Strong by Design podcast with your host today, Coach Chris, sitting down with the one, the only, Lee Hayward. We'll talk to you really soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.